Oh shit, here we go again. Welcome back. You're in the Gold Room. Presented by Will Strickland and Parker Stone. I needed that one. Who? Who we mama? Goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Welcome to You're in the gold room. Actually in the We are back in the gold room. Yes. yes. We're actually in the gold room. We're not outside this week. Yeah, we went outside. It kind of exceeded my outdoor quota for the week, so I'm trying I have to catch up this week by staying indoors. The whole week. More. Yeah, the whole pretty week. much. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So don't ask me to do anything because I ain't doing it. Uh, I'm Will, App State Homeboy. I'm Parker, the App State Code Enforcer. And uh, it's uh, it's like deja vu, man. Here it, we are. It's talking about a confusing <laughs> loss <but> again. <laughs> the Sean Clark era. <laughs> this might be, I think, the most confusing loss it of them the, all. It's the biggest statistical anomaly. Yes, yes. This, this is the one where... Happened. Like, if you showed somebody, like, the stats of the game minus the score, they would think that we... we won were, big. Yeah, we won by multiple It was like touchdowns. Oregon, Colorado. Yes. So, <laughs> very, very odd. Uh, so, yeah. So, we lost to Wyoming, 22-19. to 19. Um, And, like... I mean, listen. I, I wasn't even talking about this... It's become a common thing when watching App State football where yeah. towards the fourth quarter, you start getting that feeling that you're about to lose. And when we were watching it on Saturday, I described it as like, why does every App State game under uh, Sean Clark have a moment where you go, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's strange. Why'd we do that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it was interesting because this this was the first game that me and you got to watch together. Yes, in the same room. Um, and, Maybe and that's it was. Lost. Maybe that's we kept lost. looking at each other when those moments happened, going, uh, "That's weird. Uh, huh. That's suspicious. Huh? There were a lot of interesting. Those. Yeah, yeah. The biggest of which was the uh, the back to back timeouts, which I don't know if. People at home know what the context was. We were watching with people, so like we couldn't hear necessarily. But um, I don't know what happened. It, it it seemed like nothing. It was that, like that, five minutes where it felt like nothing. Yeah, it was a while. Nothing was happening. And then we used that last. I guess we'll just get to the timeouts. <laughs> just get the, time the last timeout we used was because we were. It seemed like we were hoping that incompletion would be reviewed in the fourth quarter. Am I right? Yes. The so the kind of ball. Right. It kind of touched the ground a little bit. Was that, was that Deshaun? And I think it was. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was maybe worth taking a look at, but it was not worth taking a timeout for. No. Uh, I mean, obviously. Um, but, okay, okay. Let's let's talk about, let's go to the yeah. start of the game. All right. Let, let's start it off. So, we knew. Oh, hold on. Let me take this Benadryl. I wanted to. I, I he didn't want to open his Fresca, but right. I wanted the Fresca to be on tape. But yeah, my allergies have been bad. So uh, bottoms up. 
but uh, frescas. Oh, fresher than a fresca. Oh, are you ready? Yes, sir. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. Frescas, if you let them warm up a little bit. Oh, so they're not like icy cold. Right. Yeah. Because this, you know, this was in the car on the way over, right? It's been sitting for 30, 45 minutes. There's a little extra bite. For all my Fresca heads out here, I'm putting you on game right now. Here's how to drink your Frescas properly. Let them things sit out for a minute, and then you take your first swig. It, it takes all your worries away. And then after the swig, you get your worries right back. So you got to keep swigging. We knew going to Wyoming be a... You got to keep swigging. <laughs> God, just keep swigging. Just... <laughs> we knew Wyoming was going to be a hard game. They're a solid program. Uh, they have a cool field, which always makes things harder, right? Mm-hmm. When they've got a cool end zone like that, it's David versus Goliath, baby. Uh, so, you know, if you just looked at the score, you didn't tell anyone about the game. You saw 19-22. You're like, oh, man, what a battle. Just te- both teams really going at it, even even keel, even match. And one team just had to win. One team came out on the other. But that is not the case. We dominated that game. Yes. Uh, Pretty much on all three phases. Phases, yeah. Absolutely. Offense was dominant. Defense was dominant. Special teams. Michael Hughes, uh, he hit four field goals in the first half. Career-long 50-yarder field goal. Um, I mean, you know how we feel. No Michael Hughes hate. No slander allowed on in the Gold Room podcast. Or in the Gold Room, physically. Just, Either of them. Just none of that. No. So, that was cool to see him hit that, that uh, big field goal. And also, when we were watching the highlights just earlier... That was like probably the most effective little two-minute drill that we've ever had Yeah. in recent memory. I don't even know if it was a full two minutes, but sneaking three extra points out of there, that was big. That was really good management from, from the coaching staff. And then it, <laughs> then it went away. <laughs> we got this. We good. <laughs> we had a pick six, which was great. And Coach Clark which, said in his press conference today, Usually, when you have a defensive touchdown, you win. Yes. Which is a pretty good indicator, honestly. Um, but we did not win. Uh, the pick six was cool. Then we gave up. Uh, I don't even know if it was chronological or whatever. We had that blocked field goal that they ran back. When we're talking about statistical anomaly, that was Wyoming's first blocked field goal for a touchdown in school history. Ever. All right. That school, I, I'm imagining, has been around for decades. At least, right? I mean, football programs would, be decades. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to Google this and it's going to be like Wyoming started football in 2012. <laughs> but stuff like that. When we're talking about this game, this loss being a statistical anomaly, we had to give a football program a first. Yes. For them to beat us. That's how unforgivable <laughs> this so loss is. So Wyoming has been playing football since 1893. Never, never had that <laughs> What? Yes, 1893. They were an independent. Then they joined the Colorado Football Association in 1905. Then the Rocky Mountain Athletic Association in 1909. Did these associations allow blocked field goals to be ran back for touchdowns? I've never heard of anybody. Perhaps there's a rule. Not. <laughs> if you did that, you lost. Damn, points. they were in the whack from 1962 to 1998. R.I.P. The loyal whackers. The, the, <laughs> the whack-a-moles. <laughs> Yeah, so we gave a yeah. century-old program their first uh, blocked field goal touchdown. Yes. Ever. Hmm. Hmm. How are we feeling about that? That's not great. That's not great. Damn. 
Right. No, that's actually, in fact, uh, bad. Oh, shoot. Bad. bad. Okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, so then we end up doing the back-to-back timeouts or whatever. So, basically, we, you know, we get the ball back at the end of the game. We got no timeouts. True Sean Clark fashion, right? Um, and we got to work our way down the field. That drive was pretty solid. Like, working our way down the field, we looked pretty good. Uh, we had that. We took a deep shot to the end zone. It was probably going to be a catch for a touchdown, so that's why it looked like the defender intentionally interfered just to negate the touchdown, which ended up being a genius play decision. Yeah. Um, and then let's just go ahead and get right to it. That last play, the interception, thrown by Joey Aguilera. Uh, we were having a, a pretty deep X's and O's conversation. We were, and we weren't recording, which is right. Pete, our our listeners may our not fault. believe this. No. We are we are far from X's and O's. We're more like Y equals MX plus B's. Yes. So for us to have an X's and O's type of conversation, you know we're frustrated. <laughs> That's when you've crossed the line. Yeah, and and to the point that we were actually breaking down film. We had the we were we had it pulled up. We had the lights off. I had a laser pointer. I had one of those remote clickers to control the timeline and everything. Yeah. I brought one of those portable like projector screens that oh, folds yeah. up and everybody looks pretentious yeah. using one. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I one of the old ones where you can like write on it with like the expo markers, like the the projectors. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, That's bro. what you remember up. how you remember grids on those? Yes, the little little plastic and, sheets. Yeah. Oh. Dude. Those, why were those so satisfying? Yeah, and you wouldn't use an expo mark. You use a visa V. No, and I feel like every teacher that used one once a month, it just didn't work. No, yeah, it, it just just like this is busted, like, or the well, marker was was dead, yeah. and you couldn't read anything. Well, that's the lesson. <laughs> Back to what we we're talking about. We're, we're having actual just, just for your information. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the ESPN play by play now, and I'm not sure this is fully accurate because I don't remember us having the ball for nine straight minutes as ESPN is claiming here. But when? I, I remember that. The drive that ended in the Hughes missed field goal when the score was 19 to 14. Nine minutes? But that kick was like a that was like a 49-yard kick. How do we have it for nine minutes? It only go that far. N- no idea. Like the, the It does not look correct on here at all. But according to the ESPN play-by-play, it makes it look like we used all three timeouts on one drive, which I just know is not correct. But do it makes we, it look like that. Do we know that? No. Because that's not out of the realm of possibility, mm, right? No. It's kind of messed up because if you look at the ESPN play-by-play, at least as of recording this on Monday evening, it looks like... We ha- the, He's turning the screen for me. The time was at 7 minutes and 57 seconds for like 8 straight plays. Oh, you're right. But then it goes It goes to... Yeah, you've got 9.54, 7.57 for 2nd, 3rd, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, Yeah, first, like their play-by-play is messed up. And then f- timeout, 2 minutes, 12 seconds. Yeah. But you okay, can see... Up. All of our timeouts get used on this possession. It, it, it All three of them way. used on this possession. And and we thankfully avoid using back-to-back timeouts. Apparently, we ran one play in between the two. Um, Wait, really? We didn't have back-to-back timeouts? Are you, I swear we... It looks like it on TV. And I don't know if that's just TV not calling it correctly. I don't know like what happened. But on the TV broadcast, it looked like we called back-to-back times. Yeah, and wasn't there a delay of game 
There was a yes, flag. there was a delay of game involved. They must have. Did they pick it up? Did they pick up the flag? I, I, I do not know. Well, for all you goldheads out there who was listening with audio, let us know because we don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, so either way, <laughs> we we used all of our timeouts very early, very quickly to avoid some delay of game. Yeah, either way, not on. not a great. No, and then we ended up with no. When you need them in the end, we did not have. Yeah. Any, you know, when we get the ball back with what a minute 45 to play, yeah, we did not have any timeouts left. So, the interception, Parker, do you want to go ahead and give us a rundown? So, yes, the a lot of uh, just seeing people on Twitter, obviously, a lot of frustration directed at, at Coach Clark, well, yeah, yeah. as well as Joey, yeah, what but you know, Coach Clark, but in terms of specific players that are getting mentioned, I'm seeing Joey come up the most because he did throw the interception and that first when you're watching it live it looks like a just a terrible duck it, he throws it, up and it's just and it, and it is like he's getting right. tackled to the ground and he just heaves it up and you're like why would he do this? why even throw it yeah but uh we've got analyst parker here go go back and look at the tape because it i joey should not have thrown the ball the way he did absolutely not but I understand why he felt like he had to heave it because if you look at the play, first off, nobody blocks. Just nobody at all blocks. He had a face full of Wyoming players. Um, uh, we, uh, we were watching it. We had linemen turned around. Yes, we, you, which is never a good sign. Yeah, you can see the linemen <laughs> looking and making eye contact with Joey, <laughs> which is something that is always bad. <laughs> always. All, there is no instance where an offensive lineman is looking at the quarterback <laughs> directly during the play that's going to be good. Um, but if you, if you look at the play and like pause it or watch it and freeze frame, whatever, there's no check down option. There's no short route near the sideline. There's no short route towards the middle of the field at all. So if you, if you look at the footage and as all of the Wyoming players breach the line and you look at what Joey was presented with, none of the routes had developed yet. No one, a, no one was open. B, no one was looking for the ball. I mean, it was like everybody was running a deep route towards the end zone as if we weren't playing with no timeouts and 16 seconds left, and if we took a sack, it ended the game, and they were showing blitz. Yeah. Uh, and so so Nate, even... Nate picks up the blitz <clears throat> as well as he could, so Nate's guy actually doesn't make it through. Yeah. Everybody but everybody else, yeah. <laughs> the other five. And keep in mind, too, folks, we didn't even need a touchdown. We could have tied and gone to overtime. And going to overtime with yeah. Wyoming, I would have felt great about Because, again, we dominated. We dominated the whole game. Like, we could have, we have stopped. Easily won in overtime. We could have stopped and kicked the field goal right there. Yep. Um, But it, it's just so confusing as to why that was the play call. How yeah. does that end up being a play call in the two-minute offense? Because we're we're not that far from the goal, but we're still not. I mean, I think we're not we're right on the twenty. Right? Yeah, I mean that play starts at. I'll tell you right now. We started that play at the twenty and a half yard line. Yeah. So it's kind of like that intermediate zone part, but yeah, it's going to take some guys some time to get twenty yards downfield. And you have no way to stop the clock. Let's put somebody short yep. and near the goal, the sideline in case Joey has to throw the ball away and we can say that there was a receiver in the area. 
Um, Because that's the other part is I think also Joey might have been trying to avoid the intentional grounding call. Because if he had just simply thrown the ball out of bounds near where he was, there's nobody even close. And we were talking about that as well because I was thinking even if you know it's going to be grounding, that's first down. You right at least you still have possession, but we looked up the rules. The foul you would get the ball where the pass happens. Yeah, so that would spot, put us it's back. It's a spot foul in college. At least five yards. At uh, least. Yeah, at minimum, yeah. And there'd be a ten second runoff, because we don't have a timeout. Yep. And it'd be a running clock. So as soon as the, the ref winds the clock, the clock starts going. So basically you as a coaching staff would have to know that the ref is about to call this penalty, get your offense off the field. Get your your field goal unit on the field and basically tell your kicker, you have to be ready. As soon as they blow the whistle, we've got to kick this ball. Yeah. Which is an almost unwinnable scenario. I mean, it would have been like how uh, TCU beat Baylor last right. year. Yeah. But even harder. Yes, like but even, harder than that. Yeah. So looking at it to the closest receiver to the out of bounds was Deshaun Davis was at the... Was that the four yard line? And that was, but that was only because the man that was covering him had already broke off to pick the ball. Right. So, if you're saying just throw the ball out of bounds or whatever, he would have he would have had to throw the ball further to get it. Yeah. Because the ball was picked off at the nine, the six, the six yard line. So we'd have had to have thrown it. Further and out of bounds, so even farther than right. that. Which and Joey he, was throwing that as hard as he could, but he's he running was back, falling backwards, right. getting hit. So, so it wasn't I, going anywhere. I do not think it was realistic in that moment for him to have been able to have gotten the ball to that sideline. Yeah, I really don't. With that amount of pressure in his face, that would have been intentional grounding. There's no yep. way he would have gotten close. So, so I think in hindsight, watching, uh, you know, as all good good coaches do, I don't want to say anything until I watch the tape. You know, I said something before I watched the. Tape. And anyways, that's uh, not to say that like Joe Joey did exactly what he should have done, which not saying did, that right. I mean, it ended in an interception. Clearly, there was something better wrong. that could have happened. But to say that was just Joey's bad mistake I, is wrong. I am at this point at seven oh nine p.m. on Monday, September twenty fifth. I am saying that is not joey's fault no it's i'm putting not. it on no pay well not paper but i, I in just the recording. don't i just don't know why that was the play call especially so, and you got an oc like frank Ponce is supposed to be the quarterback guru he's got and power five experience he's he's got years of experience i don't know years. i don't know why you put a quarterback in that scenario so the most egregious offense was not having a check down yeah, there, there's he, even if it's just to send it over his head so it's not intentional grounding. Exactly, just have him stand to give there. a short pass out of bounds option. Yeah, I, I just have never seen that with no timeouts at all. And the fact that whether that was Ponce that called it, Clark overruled it, whatever the chain of command, whenever there's a play call being made, no one stepped up. No one said, "Hey, we should have a just a dude standing there just running put the a lineman out there." Running the ball might have been a better play call there. If yes, considering how that role worked out, yes, yes. just put Nate in, see if he can get a catch him off guard. They're expecting a pass, 
give it to Nate, see if he gets 10 yards, you stop the clock on the chain moving, and maybe you spike it there. That had a higher probability than the play that we called. Than running that yes. against the blitz with no check down. And you can you can comment at us all the time that we have no idea what we're talking about, yada, yada, yada. Blah, Watch blah, blah. the play. Watch the play. My... Watch the play and tell me what yeah. Joey was supposed to do with that ball in the time that he had. Because, I mean, I just don't... I, I mean, yeah, sure, the offensive coordinator is not planning on... Every offensive lineman not blocking. Right. <laughs> and and I, yeah. I'm exaggerating there. Our left guard on the play makes a very good block. But just about everybody else didn't. Yeah. Um, Wyoming sent the house and they got there. Um, and I, before I, I came here today, I was definitely, you know, Joey messed up, yada, yada, yada. Watch the play. Just pause it. Yeah. Look at how they're lined up. Look at how we're lined up. Let it play out. And, and notice how there's no check down. Notice how everyone's running for the yes. end zone. Pause it as pause it as the Wyoming guys start to enter the backfield and just kind of put yourself position in that position if you were Joey and you see the entire Wyoming defensive line in your face <laughs> and look at what the receivers are doing because nobody's looking for ready. the ball. Nobody's routes developed. Nobody knows that Joey's being pressured. Nobody's turned around looking for the ball yet. So it's just it's just bad across the board. That, it's just yeah. a sea of bad. That is just like I don't even know how that how that play call and, got and, through. And maybe you know? maybe you know I could go back. We could look at it more. Maybe Nate was a, supposed to be a check down, and then you saw the blitz, so then you changed to Nate into the pass sure. protection. That was an option. I still don't understand why all those routes were so far downfield. Right. Right. I, like, I don't a touch. I like playing for a touchdown for sure. I like just end it there. Especially right? if they're playing a, like a dime package or something where they're putting five DBs out there. They they're they're trying to give you the intermediate so that they, you don't get the end zone. Yeah. Why would you not have somebody run an intermediate route at that point? Right. Then? A, a disclaimer. I like that we played for the touchdown. However, yes. in a scenario where you don't need the touchdown. You don't have to be that aggressive. That was as if we needed seven points to win the national championship. Yeah. And we just had to send everyone in the go round. Yeah. Damn near Hail Mary. We were down three playing like we were down seven. Yeah. Yeah, we really um, were. Especially if, and I get the whole don't play for overtime, whatever. But We would have smoked them in overtime. We had dominated that entire game on both both sides of the ball we have to give our defense huge props yes i would love to see how many three and outs defense had. yeah no i definitely would have trusted our offense's ability to get into the end zone and our defense's ability to force them to kick field goals I, in I, overtime. yeah 100 yeah would have felt great felt about it very confident going in overtime yep for sure yep um uh, defense played exceptionally well uh i think the most uh upsetting stat I've seen this everywhere. Everyone already knows this. You know what I'm about to say. So muffle your ears if you don't want to hear it. 27 first downs. Parker's got his ears muffed here. 27 first downs, Appalachian State University. Seven first downs, University of Wyoming. Seven. For, we had 20 more first downs, and we lost. The stat sheet makes it look like we blew them out. We should have. We should have. That that's the most frustrating thing is <laughs> we should have blown them out. We've got a we have a player right now. We are two and two, and we have a player that is top three in college football in rushing yards. And the two people he's behind, one of which is the running back at Minnesota, that he is only behind by two yards. 
The other is the running back at Notre Dame who has played one more entire game and is only 60 yards in front. Right. So we have a guy that could very well lead the nation in rushing yards, and we're two and two. Yeah. Two and two, and offensively, we have stagnated some, at times. So if you want to hear something more upsetting, we're two and two. Who are those wins? Go ahead. Who are those wins? ECU and Gardner Webb. We might as well be fucking 0 and 4, dog. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> if we're going to lose yes. to decent group of five competition yeah. and an in state rival power five opponent in double overtime. Yeah. Right. And But if we're only going to be able to win these bum ass games. Like we did last year, where we could only win. Listen, last bum year we, teams. we lost two bum teams last year too. Last year was different. We okay. lost to <laughs> Texas State. Who there is no way in the universe. I know every time we lose a game, especially to another G five team, conference opponent, or other eyes, there are a lot of app fans out there. Like this was a quality opponent. No, they're a tough team. They're a hard out, especially if you're playing on the road. They're, if we want to act like we're going to be Sunbelt's conference champions, which we, app fans, we do the same thing at the same time. We say that we play the toughest teams in the world and that they're all great every time we lose. But then we also say we're, we're competing for Sunbelt champions and we are a legitimate Sunbelt East contender. The two cannot be the same. Yeah, We got to start blowing some of these teams out. We, I'd love to see what was our last like three score Sunbelt win. I'll look it up. You've, Vamp. Yeah, vamp for me, buddy. We're on a six-game road losing streak, I'm pretty sure, which is yes. ab- abominable. That is bad. Like the snowman. I believe our last road win was Texas A&M. I don't know if that's accurate. I'll I saw you. someone tweet that. I hope it's not accurate because that's bad. That was that, an eternity that's, ago. That's egregious. That's That was forever ago. It, it's in uh, Coach Carr's press conference today. Right towards the end, he said something that was kind of weird. Uh, there's a couple ways to read into it. Basically, what he said, this isn't verbatim. Basically, what he said was, I love this football team. We have a great football team. It may not look like it from the outside in, but we have a great football team. So, a couple ways to look at that. He could be just, as coaches do, you just hype up your players, you take the blame, whatever, right? Everything's all good when you're talking to the media. Another way to look at it is that he is seeing talk on Twitter. He is seeing criticisms, but he's misconstruing the criticisms as the players aren't good enough and not you're not good enough. That Coach Clark, you are not good enough. Yeah. And, and that's, I feel like our fans, compared to a lot of fan bases out there, we are very, very don't don't go after players don't at players on twitter and stuff I, yeah I compared think we, to a lot of the stuff you see a lot of fan base across the country do like yeah we are very good fans in the sense that we're not gonna go after a player someone's family like at the end of the day like we understand as fans that these are student athletes that are giving their all for app state right and i i agree like losses like that should not be you shouldn't blame players for that it it is and he kind of hints at Almost that. any loss, it really, is it's the coach's fault at the end of the day. If you don't think the players are good enough, the coach should have recruited better players. Yeah. Um, if you didn't think the offense was executed well, the, well, they probably should have been better coached. 
Coach Clark said that uh, App State Sports posted a clip. It was like right, basically right after the Wyoming game. They always have like every practice. I don't know who it is. They got some dude that just holds his camera and asks Clark three questions and that's it. Yeah. Uh, I think he asked Clark like what could have gone different. And Clark said something along the lines of our best players need to make plays. Kind of implying that our best playmakers were not uh, did not play their best that they needed to have done better and I don't know if that's fair. No, I don't think so. In any time that you blame the players after a loss, loss as if you're a coach, I, I don't like that. There's I don't like that at all. Um, unless there is something absolutely egregious, like that's never warranted. Yeah. Um. I do have the answers to both of those questions, uh, stat questions. Uh, You're not going to like the answer to either. Remind me what the questions were. So, um, when was App State's last road win? Right. It was Texas A&M. Over a year ago. That was the last time App State won on the road because then we went to at Texas State, lost. At Coastal, lost. At Marshall, lost. At Georgia Southern, lost in double overtime. And just a reminder, folks, when we after we beat Texas A&M, we were two and one, right? Yes. That's how early. That's well, how long I, ago I, it we was. were one and one after the A&M game, but we one went two. That was our second game. Yeah, it was second game. Then we okay. went two and one after Troy. So we were that. It's been that long. Yes. That we were one and one. Yes. And oh, what the fuck! The other question you asked was, when was the last time we beat a Sun Belt Conference team by three touchdowns? Answer: Georgia State. Three touchdowns or three scores? Three scores. Okay. Three score win, whatever. It, it's Georgia State last year. Last year? Yeah, October nineteenth. So, a little less than a year, but we okay. haven't played conference game yet. Can I add a uh, another step to that question of a good team? Um, <laughs> Not Georgia State. I'm gonna have to go to the 2021 season. <laughs> Let's take it on back. Man, uh, I was doing that today. I was looking at past games. I had tweeted that poll. What was the biggest, what was the bigger collapse, JMU or Wyoming? So, t- and so I was looking at past schedules. I remember that Marshall game 2021, we won 31 to 30. That's like the last super close game that we won. Yes, that we I were at recall. that game. We were there. I'm looking at it now. The promo was uh, 2020 grad night. Yeah, that was the That's why we were there. First podcast ever recorded live at an app state uh, football game um so do you count 2021 ulm georgia southern or south alabama as being good teams <sighs> to 2020 i look oh, the man. answer for last time we blew out a good sunbelt team might people are gonna hate this drink wins probably yeah uh i know people will be like well yeah sunbelt's a better conference now Okay, well, we shouldn't be getting left in the dust. Yeah, that's not really, really an, like. Yeah, yeah, I know this is the Sunbelt's the best it's ever been. So, so we should be the best we've ever been. Twenty. I'm looking at 2019 football schedule now. Uh, we beat Coastal that year, 56-37. Oh, I think was that the beat, lightning delay game? I believe so. May have been. Beat sure. Louisiana by two touchdowns at Louisiana. Mm, that's a good one. That's a real, that was the Napier occasions. Yeah. That's a real good win. Yep. Um, so, and then we beat them 45-38 in the champ game. Yeah. Okay. We blew out Texas State, Troy that year, blew out Georgia State. Man, that feels like forever ago. It feels like forever ago. The, the, only, close conf- the only close conference games we played that year were 
Georgia Southern, the game we lost. And then the, Georgia, losing that by three points, the next closest game was winning that 45-38 game. That seven-point right. game. That was the next closest conference game we played all year. Man. So, yeah, there's definitely... I mean, just looking at the scores from the Drinkwitz era through the Clark era, no, we're not beating teams like we used to. No. We're not. We're not. That's it is a, not bombs over Baghdad. Yeah, that was some bullshit. That, that I think we can... That was fake news. We can confirm, say, that that was not the case. I, I haven't thought about that until, like, literally just now. And people kind of, I'll say, excuse our losses by saying the Sun Belt is so much better. The Sun Belt is our conference. The Sun Belt is our conference, and I, I don't think the Sun Belt is that much better than what it was before adding those conferences. I think, as an aggregate, it's probably, you know, still kind of the same. But I think we added more top tiers. Yeah, programs. Coastal's gotten better. Georgia State. I still don't know if it's legit. They're four zero. It's more right? legit than we thought. Southern is for sure better. For yeah, sure. Oh, under Clay Helton, absolutely. JMU is the best team in the conference. Troy no, is really and good. That's on on the top end, I think you added JMU. It's yep. really great ad. They've been phenomenal. And then under that, you have Marshall, and then you have ODU and Southern Miss that haven't really produced No, you and I fucking sat there and watched uh, ODU scrape against everything they love to beat Texas Texas A&M Commerce. Commerce. And they really, really almost gave that game. That was 10 to 9, and it was because Commerce went for two when instead of going overtime, they went for two to win the game. Yeah. And missed. So, So, I mean, let's... Even if, even if we had added... I don't fucking know. Oregon, Washington, yeah, Southern Cal, UCLA, right? Even if we added the best teams in the country, we should match up with them. Yes, you should keep right? stepping up. Just because the teams around us get better doesn't mean that we have to stop and stare in awe. Like, oh my God, look how it's so much harder to win now. We should fucking win. We should yeah. be those well, teams. And I think, And I think that's kind of where it puts a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths is not a fresca. N- no, no great frescas taste. were had. Great taste. Uh, <laughs> great taste. Zero calories. <laughs> fresca. <laughs> so stupid. Um, Take a swig now. So when Clark was hired, the whole conversation was, Oh, we just had a coaching change with Drinkwitz. You know, we want a guy that'll stay here, but let's turn the car keys over to someone that has been here, has been with us. Right. It's going to be like nothing ever changed, nothing skipped yeah. a beat, whatever. Things have changed. Yes. Beats were skipped. Yeah. Um, and I, that it's okay to say three years later now. I mean, four. This is fourth four. Year. Yeah. This fourth year, three full seasons. I mean, it's pretty clear that we did not maintain the status quo from the Satterfield and Drinkwitz era. I think, um, and this may warrant maybe a whole total separate podcast, but it's a, it's an interesting discussion thinking about whether, you know, even more so about whether Clark is good. Should we keep him? Whatever. But, but should he have been hired to begin with? Yes. Right. Yes. That's an interesting discussion because I don't think any other school would have done what how we did because i don't think any other school really was in 
a, had a football history like we did in the sense that we had Coach Moore, who was here for decades, yes. took us to the promised lands, beat Michigan, national championships, uh, NFL draft players, everything, right? And we go from him to a player turned assistant in Satterfield. And, and, and an App State guy, too. Right. Also an App State right. guy. And, and so all the locals, all the fans, all the alumni for the past, fucking what, 40, 50 years, all they know is the family. Yeah. The first time we hire outside of the family, we have our most successful FBS season but then by he burns far. us, right? Which yes. is the business model of Group of Five college football, but the the community didn't understand that. No, we've never experienced that. Well, and that's where we get into this. Oh, Drinkwitz is a snake. He burned us. He didn't. There, that's the other. Like no other Group of Five program in the country. If you have a, a season like we had in that 2019 season, no group of five team in the country would have experienced the vitriol that was thrown at Eli Drinkwitz for leaving for an SEC job. What was he supposed to do in a scenario where you know he's probably making 300 or he's probably making close to 800 grand? He probably quadrupled his income, o- and overnight. he's making millions per year. Yeah, at Missouri. With top-notch facilities, I mean, the weight rooms, right. all the stuff. I mean, that's normal to group of five football. Yeah. If you have a really great head coach and they blow up and have a super successful year, they leave. I remember vividly as a kid watching those Larry Fedora Southern Miss teams. They were good. They were ranked. They were ending the season ranked. Yeah. And then he went to North Carolina. It, it happens. You're, yeah. If you have a hot shot rock star, especially if they're young, they're not. They're gonna have to go. I think it's a family thing too, because that's life changing for right. their family as a whole. Like, I think the reason that we were so upset about Drinkwitz leaving, not only because that was the first time we had ever experienced that, right? We had always had some guy that was an app guy. He's there forever, whatever. But because of that, we. I, I want to say that there is almost this groupthink mentality that why would anyone want to leave? Yeah. Why would anyone want to yeah. burn us? Why would anyone want wanna, to leave God's this, country? Exactly. And that's where I've I've talked to people that, you know, have gone on, even people that used to play it app and have gone on to, you know, turn to coaches somewhere else. Uh, LSU's men's basketball coach is one of them. Yeah. Who I oh, have. Yeah. I've had conversations with. I had a conversation with this summer about it when I when I happened to cross paths with him, you know. And he still reps Boone. He still loves it. Yeah, it's God's country. But if you ask him if he's going to leave LSU basketball to go coach App State, it's it's just not realistic to yeah expect. You can still love a university. You can love the time you spent there. You can love the place. But eventually, the numbers aren't that don't add up anymore. Yeah. Um, and not to say, I mean, Drinkwitz was a one-year guy. He wasn't, you know, one of those homers for life. But just because someone comes to App State and leaves, it doesn't mean that, you know, there has to be bad blood there. That doesn't right. mean that they all of a sudden don't like App anymore and they're trying to burn us or whatever. It's just, this is college athletics. Yeah. This is how it is. And maybe... I mean, we're not as used to it because in a lot of other programs outside of football, we haven't had a lot of success where coaches are moving upward. Right. There's not a lot of 
uh, poaching. Going no, on. we're not having a lot of coaches. I mean, the closest we've probably come in the last decade to a non-football coach being poached in you know your top five sports is Kearns after the twenty-one season. He got his contract increase. Yeah, but that was probably the closest coach to where this guy's a rising star. Yeah. Um. So, and I know people are like, well, he told the locker room X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. Right. I don't, I don't, I uh, think unless you have a tape recording of him saying anything, I don't believe any of those stuff. I think, yeah, that's slimy, but I mean, also he's not the first, he won't be the last. Not at all. And for better, or for worse, whether you agree, that is business. And don't get me wrong, that was that was good. I mean, say we went out, we have a ten and two season, and like West Virginia fires their coach, and they want to hire Sean Clark. You better believe Sean Clark's going to take that phone call. He'll take it. He'll I take don't think that. He'll phone accept call. it. If West, Virgin- I believe if in West- my heart, Sean Clark would never leave App State on his own accord. He would never choose to leave App State. That's why the the Homer in me. Wants him to be good because I know he would be here forever. I truly, truly believe that. So, West Virginia's uh, head football coach makes $4 million per year. For doing nothing. <laughs> Do nothing. Which is... <laughs> Clark makes nine hundred grand. Like, Yeah. That's... He would make over his contracts worth yearly at, at a school yes. like that so i mean that's why i i still if you ask me right now if the season ended tomorrow would i fire coach clark i would say no no i would still also, uh, right now yes. i would say no because i still see the benefits of a successful coach clark outweighing yes a i don't know it's it's no, very you, tough. You see, you see the the dream of Coach Moore Part Two, and I believe it. I believe it. I believe if, if Coach Clark gets out of his own fucking way and lets me call timeouts, we're going ten and two. Well, <laughs> and the other thing is, is I, I'm not sure how Coach Clark is going to be able would potentially theoretically be able to handle another team's media, another team's the, yeah, because our our. Team media certainly does not prepare a coach to go face a real media. Yes, a hostile media group. An like, honest media group. Right? Love them or hate them, whatever. But if you listen to our press conferences, we there are some cupcakes they being are, thrown. Yeah, it is the most sweetheart questions you can get. Yes. I mean, it's almost like you got to give your question list before you get in the door. Or something. <laughs> you're not going to get that at a bigger school. No. You're, you're not going to get that at most schools, regardless of size. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say that we're getting fire coach Clark or anti coach Clark, whatever. Right. I'm not there yet. I will say I moved closer in that direction after losing to Wyoming. Well, I did too. I think the big thing is you feel like we are losing games the same way. That's a great it's, way to say it. it's yeah. the same things are coming up over and over again. It'd be different if we had like freak plays every single time yeah. we lose a game or something but it's it feels like the same issues time management here's a, okay here's a question i think that's a great way to put it think back what was the last loss under coach clark that was because the other team was better the other team was better there had to have been one last year right 
not because we had no timeouts uh, with 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter, not because we called a, a play with 16 seconds left, they're blitzing the house, we don't have a check down, we straight up got beat. The team was better. Can you think of one? The one I can think of would be the Cajuns in 2021. I was going to say the 2021 Louisiana game, they were better than us. I think both of those games. Both both of them, they were. The game in Boone, I think, is sticks out worse in my mind because that was one of 2020? the... 2020? Was that the, the long snapper game? The long snapper game yeah. with all the timeout. Pro- that was the first, I think, Sean Clark timeout yes, conversation. Yes, that was the first time we were like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, what's going on? I here? think 2021 Cajuns were. I if would, I if I looked at the schedule, maybe I think differently. They may be the last team that just beat us straight up. I would argue also, and I, I hate to say it because we were so close in this game. That 2021 Miami team was better than us. Because that's before that was early in maybe, the year. Yeah. They ended up with a lot. Their quarterback got hurt like the next game. Right. Um. I thought that team was really good. Um. I mean, it, anytime probably, you play a power yeah. five like that. Um. But I felt like we we had the opportunity to win that game. Still, that's probably a, a good answer. Miami was probably, you know, pound for pound a better team. Yes, pound but for pound the better team. But again, we. Should have won. Yes, we should have won that. We should have won UNC last year. We should have won UNC this, this year. year. I, I agree Wyoming. with you. Wyoming. We should have beat JMU. We should have beat Georgia Southern. Yada, 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 yada. And that's that's kind of where it feels like this misconception of where where we hear those comments, and it almost sounds like Clark is saying that fans are calling out players like that. And it feels like I don't know. I feel, we're calling out thinking, you, Bucko. thinking back at all those games that we lost that were super super close, all of the almost apps games. And it, I can't think of one where the two of us sat here and blamed a player. I mean, I was a bit of a Chase Bryce hater. I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, but the, I, the I UNC, think... the UNC one, there was a lot of blaming on those two. Yes, guys. and then there was a lot of you have no idea what you're talking about on the other side of that. Right. But. I don't think. And if someone, please, if you have tweets to like challenge me on this, please send them to yeah, me. Yeah, send us to them. I don't think I ever said that Chase Bryce lost us a game. No. I think that he definitely had some questionable decision making the 2022 chapel hill game is like the quintessential chase Bryce even game. with those two lost two-point conversions i you can't say chase lost us the game you can say that giving up 60 points lost us the game right but um, i mean at any game right when when like everyone goes like oh joey's interception lost his game in any scenario you'd be like no it was if this, this eight other plays this left guard had moved his left foot and if this kicker had on this like yes if our right guard wasn't looking joey in the eyes if you really wanted to get into it you could find something that everyone on every play could have done in the i don't know in the zeitgeist of fandom in the wonderful word in the the layman's terms when someone says that play lost this game you know what we're talking about you're, we are not actually saying this individual no. player yes. is singularly responsible. Yes, I agree. But we are saying this was a pivotal moment that this player made a mistake on. And I think that's what people are saying when we're, when we're pointing to Joey. Now looking at the play, I don't think that's fair at all. But I no, get I why people thought that right and, away. And, and live, when you watch the play once, I, they didn't really replay it that much. Uh-uh. No, I, I totally get why people blamed him at first. 
But I don't think if anyone watches that play, I don't think anyone can honestly blame Joey for losing that game or for the pick. The the call was it should never been happened. That, no. that play should never should not been have been in that position. So I think the interesting thing is if Coach Clark isn't good for anything else, he's good at making us really think about what it means to be a fan. Yes. And the friends we've made along the way. That's that's <laughs> a great way to get to that conclusion. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's too it's too early in the year to, you know, sound the alarms, whatever. It is early enough to say, as of right now, we're not competing in the Sunbelt East. No, I think we can safely say that as of right now, I would we will put, not compete. As of right now, I would put at least JMU, Marshall, Georgia State. Yeah, I guess, yeah, guess we have to. I would put Southern ahead of Coastal. I I I I would put us. I put us just about even with those two schools. I put us in the same ballpark right now of Southern, who's good, but I don't trust him yet. Yeah, and Coastal, who's clearly having problems. Tim Beck and and Grayson McCall are not on the same page. Yeah, at all. Um, I put us in that group. I would put those three teams, Georgia State, JMU, Marshall, ahead of us. I think I mean, that's a very honest I think rating. the way that they have played thus far is better than we've played. Georgia State's 4-0. Yeah. We, uh, I think we need to beat Monroe by like 30. Yeah. Straight up. And There's no reason not to. And that's, and it, Clark said it in his press conference, and it, it, this was the comment that stuck out to me and we talked about it. It's the comment that I, I dislike the most is that all, all, he said all games are tough games. All opponents are tough opponents. No. We play like it. We play like every game has to be tough. And I don't understand why. It's not if true. we could play the number 12 team in the nation now to double overtime, we have no excuse losing to Wyoming. We have no excuse playing ECU close in the first half. We have no excuse to keep to stay in this game with ULM. Right. No excuse whatsoever. Right. And I know coaches have to say that. You have to say that. You or you can just not address whatever. it. You can just The problem is, is that we play like it. We do. The Texas State game last year, we made that a tough game. I think that's another great point, Parker. You're full of great points, man. Thanks, man. They call me Coach Clark, Parker. very clearly, it has a unique talent of getting our boys locked in to play up to Power 5 teams. Yes. Unbelievable. But he cannot get close to it when it comes to a shitty Sunbelt West team. Yes. No. There's just something about it. We're just sleepwalking. He cannot get these dudes excited and locked in and focused and in sync. Even his staff seems clear. I don't know. There's some type of discombobulation somewhere. There is some amount of disconnect. And I, I just, it gets frustrating hearing the same talking points week to week of, I still think we're a great team. We're still doing what we need to do every day. Uh, these are tough men. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure they are. I'm sure. Yeah, that's great. Why can't we win close games? At some point, there is not just a, oh, bad luck this week. Oh, man. Like, that. that's not how this works. There's got to yeah. be accountability at some stage, and you are the head coach. TCU, second TCU reference, TCU had, I feel like half of their games were one-score games last year. They made the national championship. I think they had at least, it was like eight or nine, I think. That's a team 
that's the type of team we should be. We should not be, I think it's like two and eight. Yeah, I saw something like that. It was like two and eight. Yeah, it was like two and eight in the last couple years. We should be like 10 and oh, eight and two. Well, like we should be on the other side of that if we're a great team. Or, or, uh oh, if we're playing Sunbelt opponents or whatever. Maybe they shouldn't be close. We shouldn't be in close games to begin with. Ah, we point. should not be playing. I mean, and that that's what's so frustrating is as, as fans, we have these expectations to to that we are this world beater still, that we are 2019 App State. We're not. It's time to kind of come to terms it's with time it. It's time to stop. It's, you know, last year the narrative was, is okay, we had an off year. We got to get back to where we were. It's it we're we're not there anymore. That that per it, last year was the year to reclaim that Sun Belt title to reestablish App State we over whiffed. Coastal or Louisiana. We, we fell on our face, and it looks like we're dealing with the same problems still. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it, it's conference play now. Uh. We could turn around. We could win every single conference game. I'd love to see it. But right now, I'm not expecting it. Something I remember telling you this while after the game ended on Saturday. Yeah. I remember saying to you. I'm trying not to be bad right now because I remember on the podcast, yes. I said I'd be okay if we lost to Wyoming. And I predicted we'd finish like eight and four. So I was like, I'm trying to it's, hold myself to my word. It's the the <laughs> frustration is not it's not that we lost to Wyoming. It's how, it's how we that, keep losing these games. That summarizes so much. It it feels like you're reliving the same loss over and over again. You it's deja vu. We've been here right. before. How do we have no timeouts left? Teams lose. Great teams lose. Every yes. team has to lose sometimes. Yes. Georgia will eventually lose a game. Alabama has lost two games? One game One game. They almost, One game they, it was close right? to Ole Miss for a while. Great teams lose games. Yes. That's fine. That's that's life. That's right. That, you, great teams do not go two and eight in one score games. No. That's not a great team. No. Great teams don't statistically dominate their opponents and then lose. That that doesn't happen to great teams. Yeah. On the road against Wyoming, and now you know we all. Yes, Wyoming's a good program, but to not where than us. to where we think our program is? No, they're not better than us. Yeah, at all. I think, hopefully, this is. I mean, there's been like twenty wake up calls in Coach Clark's career, but hopefully, this is a real wake up call that we lost a game that. Like, if you ran this shit through, like, a Madden simulator. <laughs> yeah, if you had, a, if you had a simulator that had, like, say you just started the simulator every game with, like, four <laughs> or five minutes left to go. Yeah. We'd never lose. Right. Like, <laughs> it felt like everything that could go their way went their way. It really did. And yep. you have things like, yeah, the block field goal, whatever. That That is kind of a freak play. They got so incredibly lucky that that the block took the perfect, perfect bounce. bounce into their players. He hands. caught it in stride. It and those there are times that happens in block field goals, and there's nothing you can do. That guy was going to the end zone. He could have walked, but it, ah, it's just so frustrating. Yeah, the four field goals in the first half, we couldn't not punch going it in. for one of them. Yeah, you you, know? you settled for the field goal every single time. I almost I don't remember. Exactly, but I almost feel like the blocked field goal, that was a scenario where it felt like we should have gone for it. That may have been fourth and short. Yeah. I remember at least 
twice on field goal attempts thinking we're not going for this you know yeah. like we've kicked all these field goals we're not trying one of them we're not gonna we're not gonna gamble at least I think we attempted one fourth down and in the in the first half too where it's kind of like okay it's this still a close game yeah. we better try it now so that we don't have to try it later yeah um especially with how it felt like our offense was going it felt weird that we just like willingly let drive stall out yeah it, yeah because eventually i mean that has to get into your players heads when you're the fourth time getting right. stopped on you're third edging. down you're in, you're like, in fuck, field goal man. range Can't finish. yeah <laughs> fuck <laughs> i hate you i hate you so much <laughs> we, were doing, we were doing so well at being a serious app state we're podcast. very serious that's why we're sponsored by fresca and Wealthridge. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to say something to us. We're not sponsored by Wealthbridge. I'm going to get a reference in every week until Wealthbridge says something to us. Let's wrap it up, but let me check the Twitter poll that had me as a nominee for uh, the next so, head coach. So wrapping it up, looking at ULM's schedule, they had the rare week four bye week. That sucks. Well, so they're I mean, coming for us, I, mean, I guess. But I don't know. I don't know if that's good for us. They're rested. We're not. I don't know, but being rested in Monroe that sounds boring. <laughs> that it, well, a weekend to do nothing. They might be fired up. They've got so much pent up aggression. They <laughs> need to do something. <laughs> yeah, they've been in Monroe hanging out. I can only go duck hunting so many times. <laughs> so, I mean, they beat Army seventeen thirteen their first game. They beat Lamar by ten points in game two. Ooh. It's not really impressive. Then they get blown out by Texas A and M. Yeah. And then they go in the bye week. And now they got us. Yeah. I I don't I I don't believe that every team you play is a tough team. Monroe's a bad team, we should win by 30 minimum. Yes. If we and that don't doesn't mean like a 80 it, to 110 score. No, it could be 30 <laughs> to 0. Yeah. Uh if we don't come out playing angry, aggressive, uh playing like we need to win a goddamn game, I'll be a little upset. A little. A little upset. A little upset. You know um, what I'm going to be a little upset about? If I don't win this damn poll. Right now I'm in second place. Behind Drunk Yosef? No, behind Big Cashew. What? Yeah, Yosef Beard that? on Saturday night tweeted uh, a Twitter poll asking who should be the next coach. And it's me, Big C, a.k.a. Big Cashew, Drunk Yosef, and uh, today I get my all. Uh, I was leading for a while, but I may have to count some votes. We may need to litigate this, but... Big Cashew is in the lead by 1%, 30% to 29%, with 213 votes, three hours remaining. Big Cashew is playing a hand in this. You know, I think... The lobbyists are at work. I think vouching for us, because as we've we've said already, I I would be your offensive coordinator in this scenario. Who doesn't want to see the App State Air Raid offense? Come on, Who doesn't? Come on, baby. Who doesn't? We're not gonna have a punter on the roster. I'll love the big. I'll love the big on. C, but they're they're gonna be a lot of run plays. Oh, they're gonna, be a lot, yeah. they're gonna be a lot of running. Oh yeah. We're we're gonna play a style of football to where running backs are gonna feel like wide receivers do at Navy. You know what? We're gonna play with eight linemen. Air raid offense with eight linemen. Just wait till you see it. No one's ever done it like I have. <laughs> That would be interesting. No Just max ever... protect our quarterbacks 30 seconds before the ball is oh, running. Yeah. Those two receivers are on the end are just they, scrambling. They, they, they just got to be conditioned because we're playing monkey in the middle. 
Yeah, every, every, <laughs> every route is just improvise. <laughs> yes, Roll, yes. Run around until you get open. Right. They play rock, paper, scissors. Whoever wins gets the goal route. The other one gets a check down. <laughs> the other one plays what we call spaghetti offense. Because yeah. <laughs> their route looks like spaghetti. It's <laughs> just running around, <laughs> slapping the defenders in their helmets. Oh, yeah. Bah! <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be double covered, so it's like... Bah, da, 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 da. Right. We'll go 2-10, and ten, but boy, will those 10 will be fun. Oh, yeah. We're going to lead the league in every passing category. <laughs> attempts. That's it. Interceptions. We'll lead in attempts and interceptions. <laughs> but there'll be like 50-yard bombs every attempt. Oh, yeah. And and the national anthem ev- singer every week will be a drunk student. And they'll, they'll sing every touchdown. Yes. We'll do the national anthem every touchdown we score. Pledge of Allegiance every turnover. Uh, the halftime performance won't be the marching band. It will always be some band we find in a basement the oh. night before the game. Okay, I'm down. Yeah. I'm down with that. We're going to give new artists their recognition. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying you're on my staff? I'm saying I'm your offensive coordinator. We, we've said this multiple times. I said it three minutes ago on this podcast. I tweeted it. Parker, I got to bring some news to you. Who the fuck's going to be your offensive coordinator on me? I've had some offers come my way. And, There's no chance. Uh, There's no chance. You're on the chopping block. Why? I I can't name names. I can't. I cannot tell you why. It's HR policy. I cannot tell you why or who. But it was Warren Boyette. No. Warren Boyette will be my offensive coordinator. He ain't running the air raid. Oh, we're running something better than that. We're running the space raid. <laughs> yeah, it's totally you're different. Running, you're running the NASA offense. Totally different, bro. Is <laughs> <laughs> where the quarterback gets the snap, turns around, launches it behind his back as high as possible, and then you yell, Jill break! <laughs> you you, you play it. a game of jackpot. <laughs> Hundred points, <laughs> jackpot alive. Yeah, so I hope you can enjoy it from the stands. Dang, I can't even have any any position at all. Like you know, you how, team chef. You know how many fake positions there are with football teams these days. Team chef. Team chef. I think it's fitting. Team chef. I can't yeah. be. I can't have like swag coordinator or like. No, I can't be the guy that gives the turnover chain or like other turnover prop to somebody. No, see that's big cashew. Big C, Big C will be on turnover chain duty. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. All right. You got that one taken. Yep. Uh, you don't have a guy to like hold you back on the, the sideline from pulling a Jimbo Fisher and being 15 yards into I'm the play. I'm doing that because I know never to trust myself. Yeah. You're, you're built so different. I'm glad you're acknowledging this and why you would not be cut out from my staff. No, clearly I'm not. I'm not qualified. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you come up with any other qualifications or you get a, like a, yeah, and fans, if you uh, if you haven't voted yet, yeah, yeah. Um, it ends in three hours. So you ends definitely in three have time hours. To... Go ahead and go to twitter.com. You uh, have time to vote. Backslash Yosef Beard and place a vote for Drunk Yosef because I already know what? I'm on his staff. Yeah, look at what you no, did there. No, this is backfired. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm out this shit, bro. Cut the tape, bro. I'm out this shit, bro. What the fuck you talking about? Thanks for listening. Take my fresca and going home. <laughs>